0: Now welcome to day 207 of Shaped by the Word, our third season together, uh, the story of the prophets uh, we're reading through Jeremiah. We've picked up in verse 37, going through verse 45, kind of the final days of Jerusalem um, as it's captured by uh, Nebuchadnezzar actually besieged for the third time by Nebuchadnezzar he's already deported you know some of the officials and then more of the officials and uh, pretty much in this, um, in this scene will deport everyone but the poorest of the poor uh, leaving them land to work the land in order that he might receive some of the proceeds you know from the land but Jerusalem is pretty much uh, uh, laid waste to. So we come to uh, chapter 39, which is uh, the final siege of Jerusalem. And uh, as we read through that, it's obviously a discouraging chapter in the book of, Mm -hmm. you know, scripture that God's people could be so far from the heart of God that even God turns his back on them in judgment. Uh, But, you know, still it is a reminder of God's grace, his patience and of course, is a call to us to do what they did not do, as Paul would say, you know, in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, uh, for us not to grumble as they did, for us to hear the word of the Lord and uh, to respond to it. So we come to uh, chapter 39. Before we read, as always, uh, we uh, I'm Paul here with Cindy, by the way, and uh, David and Matt. We always offer the moment, you know, to the Lord because it's a privilege to hear God's word. Uh, because it is uh, the very breath of God, and it's a privilege to sit in God's presence because His Spirit takes the things that are in His Word and brings them to life in our hearts and lives to transform us into the image of His Son. So we always pause expectantly asking the Lord to do His work in our life through His Word. So Cindy, you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer?
1: No, I don't mind. Father, we do thank You for this time in Your Word. And we do ask that, Lord, you would open um, our hearts to what we read, and Father, that your Spirit would teach us and encourage us or convict us of sin, that we might um, be people who hear your word and respond, and thereby being transformed, Father. So thank you for this time. It's in Christ's name. Amen.
0: Picking up the last line of uh, chapter 38, this is How Jerusalem Was Taken. In the ninth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the tenth month of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, marched against Jerusalem with his old army and laid siege to it. And on the ninth day of the fourth month of Zedekiah's eleventh year, the city wall was broken through. Then all the officials of the king of Babylon came and took seats in the middle gate, Nergal Sharezer, son of Samgar, Nebo a chief officer, Nelgar Sharezer, a high official, and all the other officials of the king of Babylon. When Zedekiah, king of Judah, and all the soldiers... Saw them. They fled. They left the city at night by the way of the king's garden, through the gate between the two walls, and headed toward the Arabah. But the Babylonian army pursued them and overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho, captured him, and took him, took him to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, at Riblah, in the land of Hamath, where they pronounced sentence on him. There at Riblah, the king of Babylon slaughtered the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, and also killed all the nobles of Judah. Then he put out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him with bronze shackles to take him to Babylon. Babylon set, uh, the Babylonians set fire to the royal palace and to the houses of the people and broke down the walls of Jerusalem. Nebuzaradan, commander of the imperial guard, carried into exile to Babylon the people who remained in the city, along with those who had gone over to him and the rest of the people. But Nebuzaradan, the commander of the guard, left behind in the land of Judah some of the poor people who owed nothing And at that time, he gave them vineyards who owned nothing. Rather, in that time, he gave them vineyards and fields. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had given these orders about Jeremiah through Nebuchadnezzar, commander of the imperial guard. Take him and look after him. Don't harm him, but do for him whatever you ask. So, Nebuchadnezzar, the commander of the guard, Nebuchadnezzar, and the chief official near a high official, and all the other officers of the king of Babylon sent and had Jeremiah taken out of the courtyard of the guard. They turned him over to get Elias, son of Ahikim, uh, the son of Shaphan, to take him back to his home, so he remained among his own people. While Jeremiah had been confined in the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him. Go and tell ebed the Cushite, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, I'm about to fulfill my words against this city, words concerning disaster, not prosperity. At that time, they will be fulfilled before your eyes, but I will rescue you on that day, declares the Lord. You will not be given into the hands of those you fear. I will save you, and you will not fall by the sword, but I will escape through your life because you trust in me, declares the Lord. You have to like that uh, final phrase. And of course, we talked about that yesterday, how ironic it is. Uh, that were reminded on four different occasions. ebed Malik is a is a Cushite. He is he is not from Israel. He is you know from sub you know, Saharan Africa. Uh, he is uh, you know. There's even been a you know kind of a a little proverb, you know that uh, Jeremiah has used earlier. You know, talking about you know Cushites and the color of their skin. So, he is someone who is foreign in every way to the people of Israel. But he is someone who has been faithful in his sensitivity toward the word of the Lord through Jeremiah. And uh, you might expect you know the Lord to say to him, uh, you know, I am sparing you because you show kindness to Jeremiah. But it goes even deeper than that. I'm sparing you because you trusted in me mm-hmm. and uh we're reminded of the words of isaiah you know uh when he said unless you stand firm in your faith you will not stand at all and of course it's that kind of deep confidence in the lord that the lord even in the middle of all of this disaster you know is honoring uh and ebed melech mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah i i enjoy sections like this at times i mean it just seems like it's you know, a quick overview or some historical details, but it reminds us that scripture is rooted in history as well, that when God is acting, it's not, you know, this isn't just a, a tale or a story or mm-hmm. a myth, but this is real people, you know, we have historical record of and uh, in, in drawing our attention to God, God acts in time and space and, and God's people are, you know, they have rebelled and, and the fall of Jerusalem is coming, yeah. but, but it's just, it, it reminds us that, that it's rooted in history. As far as, you know, world history goes, you know, the Babylonians were a little bit bigger deal than Israel. Uh, and so almost all the names that we've been seeing here you find in world history on Stellas and on Victory Stones, you know, in different, you know, in different places as well. Uh, but where the real heart of history is taking place is in a little out of the way, you know, group mm-hmm. of people where God says in Deuteronomy, I didn't choose you because you're the greatest of the people, or the brightest of the people, or the best of the people, but out of uh, my sheer grace... I have chosen you, and of course, this is the heart of where God is doing His work. And even in judgment, you know He's foreshadowing the fact that one day uh, our judgment will be removed, you know, in Christ Jesus. So there's two different kinds of history: the kind of history that impresses the world, and the kind of history that redeems the world. And of course, that's a picture you have in Israel.
1: You know, as I read through this, I'm just reminded again that you know Scripture tells us that God. Um, approves or loves those who are contrite and and broken in spirit and heart, but he also loves those who trust in him. And I so appreciate his faithfulness to those who trust in him. I mean, they, you know, others wanted to trust in military strings or trust in, you know, their kings, but all along he kept, you know, through the prophet Jeremiah telling the people to trust in him and... And he delivers those who trust in him. You know, it may not be like we think we should be delivered, but he is really providing.
0: No, and, and it is a deliverance. You know, again, as we pointed out, that's in, it's, it's in the middle of very awkward circumstances, but you know, God is still protecting His people even in the tumult of the world, you know, around them and mm-hmm. preserving them. And, and of course, that's a picture of how He will preserve His own in these final days. Mm-hmm. You know as well and His faithfulness
2: and there's some of that tension and you know towards the end when jeremiah speaks to abed and says this is what the lord of my says i'm about to fulfill my words against the city words concerning disaster and not prosperity and we know throughout the story of scripture like when the people came into the land this was supposed to be a place where they would prosper yeah. and find mm-hmm. peace and safety and actually be a blessing to the nations and we've talked about it numerous times but so much of that's reversed now you know they're being attacked by the nations overtaken by them and they're experiencing disaster not prosperity and so again just shows how far they've come away from the heart of god how bad the situation is
0: yeah. and, and, and what a contrast you know to uh, you know chapter 29 these are the plans i have for your plans to you know prosper you and not to harm you to give you hope in the future and, and here you have mm-hmm. in judgment, you know, the opposite, mm-hmm. you know, taking place. And so God is glorified in both, you know, in, in both his, you know, his salvation of his people and in his, his judgment, you know, of sin. And this is a case where we face, you know, God not... Not in His redemptive grace, which has been held out time and time and time and time again, you know, to these people, but in His uh, righteous, you know, righteous judgment. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, it's hard, you know, sometimes for us to deal with that. And again, it's a reminder that our sins have been, mm-hmm. you know, judged in Christ, so that we might you know know His grace and we might know His prosperity and not, mm-hmm. you know, not not His harm, His hope, and in, in, in the future He has. And of course, even in the last chapter, Zedekiah was promised. You know, if you mm-hmm. if you hear this word of the Lord, things will go well for you, and the city will not be burned. And so he does not listen to the mm-hmm. Lord. He tries to escape, rather surrendering. You know, the word of the Lord is turn yourself over to these people, prosper in the land of Babylon, and be the people. You know that uh, I've called you to be in, in a foreign land, and, and so the end is. is, is as bad as it could possibly be for Zedekiah and for Jerusalem. All the houses are burned down, which could have been spared. And of course, the last thing that he will ever see is this horrible sight Mm -hmm. of all of his friends and all of his trusted allies and all of his sons and all of his daughters being put to death and his eyes are put out so it's frozen Mm -hmm. in in his mind, Mm -hmm. you know, forever. And and what a horrible scene. Mm -hmm. How much better to have Put yourself in the hands yeah. of a mm-hmm. lord, than to yeah, allow this to happen.
1: And I don't want to overread into it, but I do find well, it let's curious. Not <laughs> you <laughs> can correct me, yeah. but I do find it interesting that the remnant that becomes left in Judah are you know are the poor, and they're the ones that have to you know kind of figure out how to navigate the land and all the all the. I don't talented or, you know, strong or taken into captivity. But the remnant is very yeah. needy and poor, you know.
0: Yeah, and you do see that in Luke where there's a great reversal of those yeah. who are rich. Everything they have will be taken away from them. Those are poor, everything will be given to them. So you do have, and of course, it's not that much of an overread part of the reason uh, People of Jerusalem are being judged is because they have not had a heart for the poor, and now the poor are taking possession. Those who own nothing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now That's I have good. everything, which is 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 a picture of the gospel. So in this case, your overread was not an overread, but it was actually a good read. All so. oh, right, awesome, <laughs> nice, David. Why didn't you close this with a word of prayer?
2: Yeah, let's pray. Um, Father, it is so sobering to see um, what sin brings and what rebellion brings, and and what it looks like to not listen to your word but to actually reject your word and so oh, become humbly and ask that you would help us to be a people that receive your word know your word live by your word put our faith in your word and, and in so doing your word would shape us and grow us and transform us um to look more and more like who your word is pointing to which is christ jesus we pray this all in his name amen